Thank you for joining the Homeschool Help Desk Live. My name is Tam and I'm here to help you. You can find me on TikTok, Instagram, Pinterest, and YouTube at Cousin Tam. And now let's get into the show. I like spreadsheets. They, me and spreadsheets are, are on good terms. <laughs> mm. Hey, MJC so said you're debating on, you're debating going homeschooled for my kids but I worry they won't learn as much with me. So MJ, I would say this, um, your kids are not going to learn everything from you. Like you are not going to be the teacher of all the things. I think if you look at it more of like, you are the facilitator, meaning you are the ones that, you're the one that would procure the things. Like you would buy the resource books and encourage them to use them. Or you would pay for the subscription to, a curriculum that would teach your kid. I think that might help you feel a little bit better about it. Um, you could do things like um, register your kid for a course on out school. So you don't have to teach them everything. And I would encourage you not to do that just so they can be exposed to people other than you. Um, you know, certainly for the younger grades, like kindergarten through third, you you probably have every all of that. But once they get into like fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, definitely I encourage you to look into other sources other than yourself. And you don't have, just know that you don't have to teach everything. Like you're good. <laughs> Your kids are seven and four. Okay. So yeah. So like this age, you probably don't need much outside help. Like you, you know, buy some books, maybe you choose a, um, some workbooks or worksheets and you're good at this age. Once they, if you are continuing, once they get to being like, you know, 10, 11, 12, 13, definitely look into bringing in outsourced resources, of course, that you have um, that you have vetted, uh, but you don't have to teach them everything. And it, and it wouldn't be, in my opinion, it wouldn't be a good idea for you to be, for you to do that. You know, take them to museums so that the people that work there and get paid to know it all can teach your kids. Um, take them on trips out of the state, out of the country, if you want, so that they are exposed to other things, other cultures. So I would encourage you not to think of yourself as the, the valve, you know, like, you know, let me, let me rephrase that. Don't think of yourself as everything has to come from you. You know, you are not the, the source of the water, source of the knowledge. You are the valve that lets it pass through. Okay. I think that might help. Um, am I a former teacher? No, I am not. I am not a former teacher. I, my hat is off to teachers. There are teachers in my family. I could absolutely 100% never be a teacher of anyone else's children other than mine. <laughs> oh my gosh. I could never. Also great for learning coding. Oh, we, you're talking about Excel? Yes, if that if you're talking about Excel, for sure, definitely like the formulas and all that good stuff, for sure. Okay, good. I'm glad that made sense, MJ, because sometimes I'll say things and I'm like, it makes sense to me. <laughs> okay, cool, cool. I'm glad that makes sense. Good morning, Queen Hippolyta. Oh, good. I'm glad you guys thought <laughs> some more of you are saying like the valve is a good analogy. Good. I feel like I speak in metaphors a lot or analogies a lot. And sometimes I'm like, it makes sense to me. I don't know if it makes sense to other people. <laughs> um, but good. I'm glad that that made sense. Because that's how I look. 
my at the beginning i really did think it all had to be me like i really thought of myself as a teacher i do not think of myself as a teacher anymore in fact when someone calls me when i'm like kind of quick to correct like i'm absolutely not a teacher <laughs> i am a facilitator i am a student alongside my kids i am very free free and open in telling them i don't know but let's figure it out or i have no idea ask alexa <laughs> But I do, I, I consider myself to be a savvy shopper and researcher. So I will go and find good books. I will spend, you know, I'm the type of weird person that will spend hours looking at different curriculum, watching people's review videos and trying to find good sources, good resources. So then I can bring it in and just say, you know, present it to my kids like a buffet. Like I will vet the store, vet the, the source of the resources and then encourage them to um, have that autonomy over their own education. I, I remember when they were younger, I related it to them like a treasure box or a treasure chest because they were very into Jake and the Neverland Pirates at that point. <laughs> so I told them, I said, you know, the more treasure you have in your treasure chest, meaning your, your brain, the more you can do. And I, I'm always telling them, you know, ignorance is a choice. You are growing up in a time where at your fingertips, you have so much access to information, but it's what you do with it. I've also used the analogy with my kids of, of a hammer, you know, like technology, the internet is like a hammer. You can use it to build a castle, build an empire, or you can use it to bash your brains out. Let's not do that. <laughs> so a little graphic, I know, but I would, I don't think I said bash your brains out. I think I said you could use it to, you know, beat yourself on the head. And I was like, you know, the internet itself is not a negative, but it's how you use it. So yeah, I always do like the analogies thing <laughs> with my kids. And sometimes it sinks in and sometimes they just look at me like, great, thanks mom. We don't need another life lesson lecture. <laughs> Oh, gosh. Okay, you said you got your MA in history and wanted to teach, but not anymore. Oh, yeah, I think I I went to one of those um, when I was almost done with college. I went to one of those Teach, teach for America recruitment sessions, and it, they made it sound kind of good. And um, I was like, okay, you know, maybe. But then I just kind of said, you know, I don't like that everything in school seems to be aimed towards a test. You know, it just, it felt like you have to spend a lot of time after high school teaching yourself how to exist on this planet. And I just, I just didn't like me. I didn't want to be a part of that. You spent hours finding curriculum shoes from this year, but it was worth it. Yeah, that's me. Like I will still to this day, just spend time researching and reviewing and then I'll present it to my kids and like, what do you think of this? What do you think of that? You know, just asking what do they like about certain things? And um, that's that's how I, that's how we end up coming up with some of what we have. Sometimes I just buy it because I like it. <laughs> you know, sometimes uh, it takes them, you know, longer to warm up to what I think is a good resource. But um, overall, I would say I'm looking at my shelf, probably 60 to 70%. I run it by them first to ask them if they like it. And then the other, you know, 30, 30 to 40%, I just buy it because I think it's good. And I can see long-term it being a good resource to have. So I wouldn't say it's exactly 50-50. I do try to give them more say, especially as they're getting older. 
Um, but yeah, I definitely enjoy the process of like looking at some of the resources that we have. <clears throat> you just getting your coffee. Hey, Jennifer. Oh yeah, you still, you got a job researching, which is the fun part. I enjoy the research process. I really do. You had no idea how to study in college, you had to teach yourself, right? Like when I first um, started with school, I was just, I or with college, I should say, I, I think I was still expecting to be spoon fed because that's kind of how it was in high school. It's like the teacher was basically giving you the answers um, because everything was so test driven. And unfortunately the teachers were also being assessed based on our test scores. So the teacher was almost incentivized to give us the answer so that we would perform better on the test, but that's not real life. Like we didn't learn how to figure it out. We were told what to do and we did it. And then you get to college and some classes were like that, but most of the classes were like, if you show up, you show up. If you don't, you don't, we, we get paid either way. <laughs> so the incentive to even teach wasn't really there because the teachers were just like, I'll be here at this time. If you don't show up, I don't care. We're not gonna hunt you down and look for you. And so it was a big difference, big learning curve. Good morning, y'all. Good morning. <clears throat> Thank you, dear. Uh, oh, can we see the shelf? Uh, it's a mess. <laughs> I'm almost, I'm not embarrassed because it's like we live here, but, um, and I, yeah, I'll stand up in a second. You try to get your son involved. He tells me he doesn't want anything. That could be true for now, depending on how old he is. College was so much easier for me than high school. I think once, yeah, once you have, you know, you recognize like, oh, this is a benefit to me. The autonomy is there. Like, yeah, there's definitely a shift. I for sure enjoyed college more than high school. You see, oh, the lovely nutshell. That's fine. Indeed. Are you attending the third annual Black Family Homeschool Educators and scholars virtual teach in. Mm -mm. Haven't heard of it. You're the. I've, I'm. This is the first I'm hearing of it. It's today. Well, shoot. <laughs> no, I didn't even know about it. Annual. I'm searching it now. Mm -mm -mm -mm. Mm, I don't think, oh wait, is this it? Oh, the, oh, look, what? Okay, so they, they had a YouTube video announcing it, but I didn't see this. I'm not, I guess I haven't been on YouTube much this week. What, how did I, okay, nope, didn't hear about it. Wait, what was the website? I'm blanking, oh, I typed it wrong. Is this one of those virtual conferences where you like you pay and then you have access to it like later? Is that what this is? But yeah, I didn't I didn't know anything about it. Um you, oh you're getting a rolling cart from Amazon today. <laughs> I've seen those a lot on Pinterest. I don't have one, but I've seen them a lot. 
love how you ask for your kids input by as by doing you're creating a partnership with them for learning yep that's my plan because you know doing it the other way did not work kind of just you know force feed them knowledge i i it did not work i i made all the mistakes y'all in like my first two years of homeschooling and it was just I don't know, I had like a, a mental shift for myself that I, I had to unlearn a lot and realize like if I'm gonna be mom and teacher or you know, mom and responsible for their education, I cannot do it so forcefully. I if I can't convince them that education matters, then I'm you know, I don't want them to live in fear of me, you know, any I, I didn't want that. So Oh, okay. You can, you can view it today, attend today, but view later and again tomorrow. Okay. Yeah. I've got the website pulled up and I see that it appears I can, oh no, it says sales ended. So I can't even register. Oh, well, maybe next year, but yes, yeah, it says sales ended. So there's no option to click, but if you attend, let me know what you think of it. Um, and Jennifer, if you do you post homeschool stuff? If you do, I, I would love to see what you are, what your cart is gonna look like. Oh, you registered two days ago. Yeah, on the website right now it says the sale is ended. Hey, Chris. <laughs> oh, good. I'm glad you got your back safely. Cube self. Shelf is full, workbox is full. <laughs> oh, you don't post. Okay, no worries. <laughs> Good morning. Good morning. Oh, shoot. I'm missing questions. I'm sorry, y'all. <laughs> I just happened to look over like and see it there. Okay. International homeschooling. Any suggestions? Oh, I don't have any experience with international homeschooling. I'm wondering, do you mean like, are you, is your residence international or are you a U.S. resident? Like you have a home of record here, but you just, you travel internationally. Um, because my understanding, if you are like a world schooler, meaning you, you have a U.S. address, but you travel a lot throughout the year, you would follow the rules of the state that you live in. And then you can you can travel as much as you want. However, if you're saying like you live abroad, what country are we talking about? Are, are, are you um, visiting multiple countries? Because I just know every country has different rules. But like I said, if you are based in a state, oh, you're going to move, okay to Algeria. Mm. So I have no idea. Let's look up Algeria homeschooling and see what happens. I don't know. Okay, well, the first thing that pops up, it says it's legal. So that's good. Yeah, I would say maybe um, try searching, you know, homeschoolers in Algeria or like YouTube or something. I don't want to steer you wrong in any way, shape, or form because I don't know. Especially because you're you're not, it's not like you're traveling internationally, you are relocating. That 
And so I would I would want you to get information from people that are there. And I've got nothing for you on that one. So yeah, I'm sorry. I don't want to misdirect you at all. But my understanding is just from that simple Google search is you can do it. Um, but you'll want to, like I said, talk to people who are currently there, currently doing it. I think that's the best way to get the best information. Okay, and let's see. Should you tell your work from home boss that you're homeschooling? I mean, I guess if it comes up in conversation, I didn't. I didn't feel the need to. I'm trying to think of like, I don't know why they would need to know. I'm trying to think of an think of a reason. Um, oh, no one is there to ask. Oh no, really? I would think somebody. I don't know. Yeah, like I said, I don't, um, Queen Kim. I don't. I don't want to misdirect you, and that's the only reason I'm like kind of hesitant because, like I said, I know about people who are world schoolers. Like they live in the states and they travel internationally. Like you know, nine months out of the year. That's one thing I am a little bit you know aware of, but I don't want to misdirect you because you're, you're talking about like relocating. So I wouldn't even know where to begin for you know. Do you need to notify anybody? All that jazz. Like I have no idea. Um, but coming back to this question, lady agent, um, what would be a reason they would need to know? Or like, I guess it, like it just came up in conversation, but I wouldn't think there would be a reason, but the type of job that I had, we didn't really get to know each other as people. Um, we just did the job. It wasn't, um, to me, we weren't really a team. It was just you log in, you do your job, you log out. So we didn't talk about anything personal, like just never came up. Yeah, I can't. I, yeah, for sure. I can't think of any reason why it would be an issue. I mean, if you need to take a day off to go to the park or the zoo or the museum or something, I would think it's just like any other job where you request a day off. Like they don't need to know the reason. <laughs> Uh, okay, you're saying it depends, you might, you think it depends on the boss. I let mine know and he told me I can work whenever I want since I don't take calls anymore. Um, he can give me freedom as long as I get my work done. Okay, because you were eight to four, you want to be able to do day trips. Gotcha. Okay, so yeah, I guess in that situation, um, you might want to just communicate that. Um, but like I said, my job was very, Small, I was a small cog in a big machine. Like, I, even if I said it, I don't think they would have cared. <laughs> it was just, you know, show up, do your job, collect your check, go home. Although I was already home. <laughs> oh, okay. Local Patriot says their firm has been, a, been aware since you started. Mm -hmm. I think it just depends on the type of job. Like my husband's job knows that we homeschool, but it's a different environment at his uh, place of employment. They care about people. <laughs> Mine did not. Okay, you're eight to four as well. Okay, so yeah, I guess in that situation, if you wanted to let them know. Uh, 
Asha's, you were asking, how do you juggle work from home and homeschooling? For me, it was with a spreadsheet. <laughs> and um, that I'm sure is a surprise to no one. But what I would do is I'll just show you this one. I would take my, you know, start of the day, end of the day hours, put them all in. And I would just block off when I was working and, you know, when we were homeschooling. Um, the job that I had was just a call center situation. So you just pick up hours. Um, I think it was one or two weeks ahead. And I would just block off. I would try to get the same times, uh, some, but it did, it did vary. Um, and um, I would just, you know, block off those times. And then I would homeschool in between or around those times. And that's one of the reasons I can do these lives for the most part fairly uninterrupted because my kids are used to me coming in here, being on the computer for a while, having to talk for a couple of hours and they have to, you know, be quiet, be respectful. So they're used to it. So that's how I did it. But it depends on the job. Like my job was not strictly eight to four. Like I could work weekends, I could work nights, I could work very early in the morning. So it was much more, I think, flexible than the traditional eight to four, nine to five setup where you have to be, you know, logged in for those eight hours and you have to log out for lunch or something, you know, something that's a little bit more strict. I did have quite a bit of flexibility with my um, with my schedule. So sometimes I would do more work on the weekends so that we have more free time during the week. But that's that's basically how I did it. You know, I pick my scheduled hours, block them off on the Excel spreadsheet and then um, teach around that. Okay, I see you guys chatting about setting up the cart. Yes, I agree with you. I think because of COVID, more, more companies are more chill with, with kids being home. I think that's true. <gasps> You're in the RV now. Oh, cool. Okay. Okay. You guys are chatting to each other. You work database for a company, so you don't log in, but you have to be able to fix things when needed. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. You're, you said your job is definitely more strict. Understandable. So yeah, if you have those strict like eight to four hours, then your homeschooling might happen in the evenings and on the weekends. So it just depends on, you know, what, what you guys are doing, like what, what, what you are required to do. But you can definitely fit both in. It's just you're, you will have to probably sit down and, you know, just block out your time accordingly. Because the thing about homeschooling is it doesn't take four hours. It Even though a lot of state laws tell you you got to do four hours, it really just doesn't take that long. It also could take a lot less if your kids are self-motivated. They can work well independently. So it just it kind of just depends on the dynamics of your family too. Older kids usually need less oversight. So like you can assign it to them, you'll be at work. And then after you get off work, you can check and go over things or you can invest in um, programs that do all the teaching and grading for you all in one. So there's, there's a lot of different ways to make it work. I would say if you have a more strict schedule, you probably want a more all in one or, you know, all, like all incorporated um, system of homeschooling. You might want it to be more digital so they can get online and talk to a teacher or get that um, 
help if they need it while you're working because I don't have I had a more flexible schedule. I felt like I, I was able to be there more. So I didn't need such an all-inclusive um, program. So it just, again, depends. Um, but yeah, it's for sure possible. Good morning. Mm -mm -mm. Oh, okay, Sabrina, you said you're a house cleaner. You take the kids along on all but two days, try to stay engaged with the kids in school while you work, you could use some improvement. Any tips, welcome. Kind of the same. Like if you're in a, in a point where it's like, you want to be, you want to make sure that they're not, um, th their education isn't deficient in any of the parts that matter. Like you could look into a source like OutSchool where there is a teacher that would facilitate, or you can look into like a more all-in, one type system of, of a homeschool program where it'll teach grade and you know all in all in that one system um, that could be an option yep and then you could also team up with somebody close like a close friend mm-hmm absolutely yeah you guys you could you definitely don't have to homeschool in isolation so um you know, like I said, some families work together, like what you were just suggesting here. Some people do an all-in-one program where you buy the box set, everything's in there, like all the main subjects, and you can adapt it to any time of day. Because like I said, it doesn't have to just be during the typical public school hours. You can absolutely educate your kids outside of public school hours. I think someone uh, was in the live yesterday was saying they do pretty much all of their schooling on afternoons and weekends. So it just, it all depends on the family dynamic and what you are, what you have time for, your work schedule. Cause I mean, let's be honest, we all have bills to pay. So it's kind of hard to just be like, this is the way. Cause there is no, this is the way. Like how, how I do it, how Sabrina does it, how Aline does it, like all different, but all correct. <laughs> Okay, they're currently enrolled in Epic. Okay. Your oldest asked if he could have a day off to do, and do school on Saturday. Yes, and do school on Saturday instead. Absolutely. Yes, exactly what you just said. You can do it because there are no rules. And I think once we who have been through the public school system unlearn that, or once we learn that there are no rules, you can make it work. I think it's because we feel like we have to have classroom setups and we have to start at seven and end at three in order for it to be legitimate schooling. That's not the case. And we feel like if we, I guess, stray too far from this code of, you know, this is the way schooling has to be. If we stray too far from that, then we are somehow our kids are somehow at a disadvantage. It's, I know for sure for me, it's it's a product of conditioning. And it has been the hardest thing for me sometimes to accept that my kids can teach themselves things. Because I've said this so many times before, how many of us taught our kids how to play Roblox? Not me. How many of us taught our kids how to build things in Minecraft? Not me. Um, but yet they are brilliant at it. 
They don't need our help for that. All we had to do was tell them, yes, they can download it. And they were off to the races. They did not need us. So, um, and they, they don't need to do it just during, you know, certain hours of the day. You know, sometimes they are on it for 30 minutes. Sometimes they're on it for <laughs> three hours. And either way, they're good. They're teaching themselves. And one thing that also helped me that may help you guys when it comes time for you to do your teaching, let your kid teach you something. So it's kind of like your turn, my turn. And that's what it has helped me, especially with my son. Um, I let him teach me Minecraft. And <laughs> I'm not a good student. Like he has to repeat things. He you know, has to re-demonstrate, re-explain things. But then when it's my turn to teach and I have to repeat things and I have to re-explain things, I think for him, it's it's like he has more empathy for me and more understanding because he's like, it's okay, mom. <laughs> I'll show you again how to make a portal in Minecraft to get to the nether. I'm like, the what? He's like, the nether. He's, he's so patient with me. It's so funny. <laughs> See you, Jennifer. <laughs> oh, gosh. You said you have a question that's different than the normal. Did you already ask it or did I miss it? I'm looking in the QA, I didn't see it. Yours are in the K-12 program. Yep, I've heard of that one. Good morning, PR Shorty. How are you? You were on my mind earlier um, this week. So I hope everything's going well with you. Okay, no, you didn't ask yet. Okay, yeah, yeah, definitely go ahead and ask. Um, yes, yours also teach you. <laughs> oh, you and your husband play so that, okay, see, I did not play. <laughs> and so um, when I was, when my oldest one was probably about seven, I just, something clicked for me. Like if she teaches me something, then it'll help me understand how to teach her. And ever since then, like we've had, and they look forward to teaching me something too, which is really nice. I hope you're enjoying this episode of Homeschool Help Desk Live. If you'd like to participate in a live show, you can follow me on TikTok at Cousin Tam and join the live every Monday through Thursday from 8.30 a.m. to 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. And now back to the show. You know, giving them the power, if we want to use that word, to teach me something help me first understand how they like things explained to them because usually t kids are going to teach it to you the way they like to be taught so if it's hands-on or if they're they want you to sit down and pay attention or they want to draw it out for you or write it out for you so that you have the you know explanation um then you can you can better understand how they would want you to teach them um when it is your time to teach them something so you said you thought i was talking about your son for a second yeah um, okay, you moved to a new state, got to figure out new process, been unpacking, understandable. Well, please do make sure you're taking breaks and resting. Okay, I see your question, Seasider. I think you're not done because I saw the dot, 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 so I'll wait. Okay, your daughter was in public school for two years, then switched. Okay. Um, do, 
do, do, do, do. your daughter is three, but looking to start homeschooling her, what program is easiest to go through? Um, well, easy peasy is free. So that was, uh, and I guess, cause you said easy, that made me, that, that made me think of that program. Um, so, uh, that's one that gets recommended a lot for the young folks. Um, so, but I do have a resources list in my profile. If you go um, click on that link that's in my link tree, there's a bunch of resources there, including for, you know, pre-K young, young folks, like three years old. Okay, let me go back and finish this question. So you've been reported to defects for isolation due to homeschooling, yet this will be year three and it's been the best thing I've ever done for it. How can it be an issue? Wait, there, so... I want to make sure I'm not misunderstanding you. You have been reported or like hypothetically, like someone's threatening to report you. Cause I don't know anything about the def defect system. So I'm, I don't think I would be much help there, but I would say if you feel like, you know, there's going to be something like where you're having to go to court or you're just wanting some legal advice, maybe try the um, HSLDA website. Like uh, They're the Homeschool Legal Defense Association, I think is what the A means, and see if there's something on there that could help. But I don't, you know, have any like legal advice or anything that I could say that would help because it depends on the state, depends on what the issue is or the reason it was reported, I'm assuming. I have no idea. I really don't. But you said, so if I've been reported. So I don't know if it's like it's definitely happened or someone is threatening to do that because they know that you homeschool and they don't like it. So they're like, I'm going to report you, but they haven't. If that's the case, like you're just dealing with a, a negative person in your life. I just feel like that's such a nuanced thing, too. Like you just never know what people's intentions are because my understanding is anyone can report, but it doesn't mean that it goes anywhere. So I don't know about that one. Okay, yes, Queen Hafaza also said I would contact HSLDA, honestly. Yeah, especially if it's something that's in motion. Like you want to have people on your side that have been through that before. So that could be something to look into. And I don't want you to have to, you know, get too personal with your business, but um, I don't have any personal experience with that. So I don't have like a, you know, some like advice that I could give you on that other than I would definitely want to have, you know, someone advocating on my side who has been through that. You're about to pull your kids from an advanced academy. I'm so afraid I will fail them. Oh man, braving no me. So <laughs> I'm not laughing at your question. I'm laughing because I was also in an advanced academy when I was in high school. And I will say this, the fact that you care enough to check yourself and say, I don't want to fail them to me is a good indicator that you're going to do what is necessary to make sure you don't. And also I would say, we're not educating our kids in the nineties and early two thousands where you don't have access to things once you leave the public school system. In fact, you might <clears throat> you might actually have access to more advanced materials outside of the public school system because you're not restricted to just what that academy offers. 
So for example, in my academy that I went to, we had access to Spanish and French. Those were the languages that we could take. But outside of that, you might have access to Japanese, sign language, um, German, uh, any language, Afrikaans. Like you could have your kids do so much more outside of some of these schools because you can, I feel like sometimes the advanced academies, they give you a nice broad education, you know, but you as their parent homeschooling them have the ability to be very specific. And then I also think the more that we share with each other, like homeschoolers, we share what we are doing that helps. Like, for example, I know for a fact that a lot of the colleges, especially if you have colleges in your area, if you go on to their websites, find a professor of, let's say, physics, and you would like for your kid to be able to sit in that physics class and then have lunch with that physics professor afterwards, that is something that can happen for your kid that would not be able to happen in the public school system because they're bound. your kid is bound by that schedule. They can't just leave and take days off to go explore things that are of interest to them. But what if that advanced academy says, we're not gonna allow you to take physics until 11th grade but you need to you know, take all these other classes ahead of that, that may, may or may not be of interest to your kid. That is going to just be just the most soul sucking experience because they're basically suffering through things they don't like before they have the privilege of getting to what they really do like. But you as the parent can say, my 13 year old is interested, okay, you said 14 and 15. Um, your 14 and 15 year old are interested in physics, I'll stick with physics, but insert their interest, okay? They don't have to wait until they're 17, 18, almost done to take the class that they really like. You as the parent can take the initiative to facilitate having them meet up with that professor because I'll tell you, I worked at universities also. I'm not just, this is not a random example. It has literally happened at my places of employment. You reach out to that instructor who has spent 10 years and written a dissertation to talk about that subject. All they want to do is talk about that subject. And I will tell you, I've, I don't think I've ever seen it be rejected. I don't think I've ever seen the request from an interested student to talk to a professor, especially a young student. I've never seen it be rejected. It might not happen the next day that you email. You probably would have to schedule it out a bit, but they always want to talk about what they're interested in. So whatever your kids are interested in, you have the power as a homeschooler to facilitate it with pinpoint accuracy, to get them in with people that are actually doing it, that want to talk about it, as opposed to making them take all these other courses because the, the public school says, oh, you need English, you need uh, world lit, you need all this stuff before you can take the thing that you really want. You don't have to do that to your kids. You absolutely can include it. But what a motivator would that be to say, hey, y'all, I know we're going to work on math and world lit this morning, but then this afternoon you have, uh, you're going to go to this college and you're going to be in the class. And then afterwards you're going to have lunch or brunch or whatever with the professor. And they're going to, you're going to have their undivided attention to ask all the things that you want to know. What a motivator, right? So I, I don't want you, I know that the, the original part of your question was that you don't want to fail them. I'm just telling you, you're not. As long as you, if you're trying, you're not going to fail them. And like I said, you'll find 
the more that you reach out to the community that you can, you'll find like, I think someone said, that's a great idea. Yes. Maybe you didn't think about that before, but now you know, <laughs> now you know you can do it. Um, and like I said, I worked in the university system of Georgia for six years, six or seven years. I don't think I ever saw that request denied. Like I said, you might have to schedule it out. You like you can't, you might not be able to email on a Monday and meet on a Tuesday, but then again, you might, it just depends. But all of the professors for the most part, they have their email addresses listed. It's an activity to practice writing for your kid, for them to draft an email, to send it to this professor, to request, to sit in on the class. What And you would probably wanna do the research on which class and what day, uh, which again, is usually available on the college's website. Um, but you know, may I come to sit in on one of your classes? I'm very interested in chemistry. I'm interested in advanced math. I'm interested in computer science, whatever. Sit in on that class. And then if you have time or can I come during your office hours to meet with you after to discuss this? Sincerely, an interested 14 year old, 15 year old. <laughs> so I would just say, you're not gonna fail. I don't. I just don't think that you are. And especially when I see that question asked, I am more confident in those parents than I am with someone who's like, no, nah, I got this. Because <laughs> I'm like, mm, okay. But it's just like I was saying earlier, um, like you don't have to do it all by yourself. And in fact, I suggest you don't do it all by yourself. Like keep other people, you know, other professionals, professors in the loop because that's what they want to do. Okay, cool. <laughs> yes, it is. You said it's been the best thing for my kids transitioning out of public school. There's there's no limit to learning. That's the thing, right? Because I have, you know, my kids are very interested in science, but unfortunately, some of the sciences that they're interested in get com get compa uh, compounded with other things. So they can't have that focused attention as long as they would like if they went to public school. But outside of that system, we can spend a year on a on a subject if they want to there's no restriction so i i i think it's definitely better you're welcome my kids are nine and ten love the most but that tip was Oh, mind blowing. <laughs> Thank you. Yes, try it. Again, it may not be where you can just jump on the, the professor's schedule, but um, the time that I was working there, I, I did not ever see that uh, request denied, that a, a child wanted to just sit in the class and talk to the professor after. Never saw it denied. So hopefully that is the case if you guys try it. And let's say you do reach out to a professor and they're not interested. Try another one. There's so many of them. <laughs> Don't let one rejection or whatever, even if they do say no, just try another one. <laughs> um, so yeah, I do hope that that, that is helpful and that, um, that you guys have some good luck with that. Good morning. Oh man, thank you. Thank you for that. I appreciate that compliment. I'm definitely, yeah. So braving Nummy, I you were saying, I think I'm still stuck in public school thinking. I for sure still have those moments where um, 
I think, oh, this isn't like what's, you know, this isn't like quote unquote normal school. It, it just happens, I think, um, because again, for me, I know it's conditioning. Um, just, I just have to fight against it, honestly. And just remember my kids aren't me. This isn't the 1990s. This, you know, like everything is different now. So, but yeah, it's, it's still in me too. You keep thinking, how am I going to ensure they are meeting all the subjects? Well, that's another thing too. It's like so many subjects, they don't have to necessarily be separated out. Like if you, financial literacy teaches about history, excuse me, teaches about history, um, math, reading, reading comprehension, if you want to separate those two out. You could even incorporate writing if you wanted to have them, you know, practice writing out their budget or an expense um, report. All of those subjects are incorporated into one lesson. So um, that's another thing is like, you don't have to teach everything separately. It can be something like, you know, grocery shopping. Think about how many things are included when you, when you go grocery shopping. There's math, there's reading. If you wanna talk about the nutritional value of things, that's a bit of health and PE and wellness. Um, so you don't have to necessarily separate them all out. You just, we sometimes have to just change the way we think about things. Cleaning the house, that's chemistry. <laughs> Cooking is chemistry as well. Um, so, you know, understanding how these chemicals work to break down dirt or, you know, how does soap work, um, all those types of things. Gardening is another type of uh, multiple subject activity. Um, so, yep, that's right. Reading for science can be English as well. That's yes, 100%. 100%. Your son probably won't be interested now, but you're saving that to fill it. Yeah, like you don't have to take your elementary school kid to college right now. That it probably would not be of you know interest to them. Even your middle schooler might not be ready. It just depends on your kid. You'll know you'll know if they're super passionate about something and they really want to talk to someone else about it. In fact, I would encourage you not to waste the college professor's time if your kid isn't really extremely interested because it's just going to be you standing there looking like the pushy stage parent. <laughs> but if your kid has a sincere interest and you'll know, you're the, you you know your kids. If they have a sincere interest in something, then definitely consider that option of, of allowing them to go um, meet with someone in that field. And obviously stay with them, you know, don't just drop them off. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, yeah, it doesn't have to happen like right this moment. It is so hard to break out of the public school thinking. I mean, they did a good job. We are, we are just perfect little machines, aren't we? <laughs> Except we're not. Oh, man. Sometimes you bake for math and science. Exactly, exactly. And then while you're, you know, baking bread, explaining how yeast works. Why does it, why does the dough rise? You know, that's under, and that to me is science that matters, not just, I mean, it's cool to know the periodic table of the elements and be able to rattle it off, but to have the actual, like the periodic table that we have, it doesn't just list the elements, it lists what these elements are part of. Like, why do you, why should you care about this element? Well, because it's a part of this. I think that that's a better way to explain things instead of just saying, you know, carbon is the sixth element or whatever, six, something about carbon and six. <laughs> I don't even remember off the top of my head. Um, but yeah. Uh, wait a minute, what did I miss? Are we restricted to grade levels? No, you're not. That's the thing too, that 
grade levels, like if you want to use them for the continuity of, of communication, like if you may end up sending them back to school, grade levels are certainly a thing that you can follow along. And a lot of the curriculum that you'll find will use grade levels because that's the lingo, that's the language. However, you are going to have kids that are third grade this, fifth grade that, you know, so you're, they might be all over the place. You can, you just really want to make sure that the resources that you're getting them are not too challenging, but not too easy, whatever level that is, you know, so you don't have to feel like because your kid is third grade aged, that everything they do is third grade level. You follow what I'm saying? Like, I hope that, how that makes sense. So you're not restricted. <laughs> um, but again, for the sake of communication between systems, if you are eventually planning to like put them in high school at the age of what is it, 13, 14, then you're going to want to make sure that they've met all the requirements of K through eight. But that again is, it's like, that can happen at many different stages. You might have your kid do eighth grade math when they're sixth grade aged and they can handle that and that's okay. Um, so the order in which you accomplish the grade levels is completely up to you and your kids. So don't, don't feel like you have to just stick all that together. You never learned the periodic table. I learned it and can't tell you why it matters uh, at, at this exact moment, but we didn't learn it in the capacity of like these elements are part of this, like the periodic table that we have, I like it so much better because it, it, it connected it to real life. We just learned it in terms of atomic weights. Like we learned the numbers and the atomic weights. We didn't learn why these elements really matter. So that was kind of annoying. And that's one thing I really try not to do to my kids. That's the biggest issue for me is school regurgitation. Yeah. Yeah. It's one of those things too. Like, we have to unlearn looking for African-American history class. So are you wanting um, you, your username is you don't scare me. You are you wanting someone else to teach it like on out school where like the teacher would facilitate it? Or are you thinking more like resources like books and workbooks that you can invest in and you would do it? So just correct me on which one we're talking about, because you can do it both ways. looking for African-American history. Okay, you repeated it. Were you, so do you mean like where the, oh, you would do it. Okay, sorry. <laughs> um, so in, if you're going to teach it, then what I would suggest, because this is what we've been doing, um, is to look into um, not your traditional textbooks. Like I would avoid textbooks, kind of like the plague. Um, but you can definitely still just purchase African-American books that or books that highlight African-American achievements. And, and I would include biographies in that. I would include documentaries in that. Um, one thing we also did was we traced our ancestry. So that was just a fun activity. And then as we were going back for each generation, we would talk about the major historical things that happened during that time frame, specifically focusing on how that affected our family and, and their experiences during that time, during those generations. And for us, we were able to go back to, I think the furthest we got back was 1854. So that was, I think, that's what made history so much richer and real for us. That's what I would recommend. It wasn't necessarily a curriculum that we followed. And then we just have lots of 
books and like I said, biographies that I've just picked up over time through the years because everything that I would research just felt very Swiss cheesy. Like it would just felt like it was missing things or glossing over things. Um, and then also it helps that my mother-in-law is a huge history buff and some of the things that she has lived through in her 70 plus years on this planet, I mean, it's just invaluable. You can't really beat the source, you know? <laughs> um, but then also I would encourage you to go to museums because the people that work at those museums are super duper passionate and are going to teach far and a far and away better than I could. Um, so unfortunately I don't have like a brand of a curriculum that I can just say, try this one. Um, it's been unique just because we we have essentially created it ourselves using our family, both sides, my husband's side and my side, because we had vastly different family lineages. Like his family all went to college. Even his grandmother went to college. She's in her nineties. My side did not. My side is like, didn't graduate high school, farmers, soldiers, which was still interesting because we got to see like my great grandfather's World War One draft card. So all that stuff was very cool, but vastly different histories. So, and he's that, I mean, I just, I don't think that there would have been anything better than that. There's no curriculum that would have been better than that for my kids. So that's what I would suggest if you can try that. Um, so that's, and I, I just, I hate, I feel like I'm, um, my answer, my answer is kind of always a little bit disappointing when someone does ask, you know, ask me about like an African-American history resource. Cause I'm like, mm, I didn't like any of the ones that I saw. So I've just been almost like a book collector on my own. And then, you know, we read parts of it and relate it to different things. We, we are huge into documentaries too. And, and just, like I said, going to museums, taking trips whenever possible to different places, especially the Caribbean, getting to see some things firsthand. Um, yeah, I don't have like a one-stop shop to recommend, sorry. Oh yeah, drop it if you have a recommendation. Your grandmother is 90 and she went to college as well. Yay, yes, drop, drop the recommendation if you have it. And let's see. Yes, Queen Paula. So you said your seven-year-old will ask you stuff and you're like, I have no idea. Let's find out together. That's the I think the best phrase for all homeschoolers is I don't know, let's find out. If you can just train yourself to say that, <laughs> I think you're gonna do great. Honestly. I don't know. Let's find out. Very what is that? Six words. Very hard to say. Oh yes, yes, I have that book. That's what I mean, like just curating your own books and your own collection of books. So yes, that's what I mean. Like that's not a curriculum, the the Black History book by DK that you recommended. It's not, it's not a it's not a curriculum. It's a resource book that you would just you know invest and have it in your house for yourself. Um, so, yep, it's a good one. <laughs> um, yeah, I like that. I like that book. You thought you saw an African-American curriculum recently, but can't remember the name. I mean, there's there's some out there for sure. And I think some are also on the resources list too, like um, because other folks have come through and recommended resources and I'm always adding them. But it's just one of those things where it's like, it's going to be different for every family. You're going to want to 
I would say never rely on any single source for history, any type of history. No, no version of history should you rely on a single source. And then also you're going to have to just adapt it to your kid's understanding anyway. So there's, there's going to be some plug and play no matter what. You missed it, please pin it. What are we talking about? Pin, what did you miss? You're talking about the book or, help me out, what did you miss? What's your view on iPad and educational electronics for young age children? Um, oh, you mean, okay, the name of the book. It's uh, the Black History Book by DK. By green, yellow, and red. I'm going to try to add it to you. Hold on, um, get crafty brews. I'm going to come right back to you. Just want to type this. Yeah, um, I think I had it in my Amazon as well. If I don't, I'll add it today. My Amazon storefront. Okay, um, my view about an iPad and electronics for young age children is uh, they can handle it. <laughs> they can absolutely handle it. I have used the iPad for my kids probably from the age of three, maybe four. I am not anti-screens for kids. I am pro-parental control on those screens. Um, but some of these apps are the reason that my kids were able to, you know, count and read as quickly and fairly painlessly as, as they were, because they're interested in the screen. They want to try it. So why not utilize that tool to help build up their education? Um, so yeah, my platform is definitely not an anti-screens platform. <laughs> I am just very pro parental controls. So they can't do anything and everything on their on their screens, but I am pro screens. You want to start homeschooling your kids. Good. Welcome. The other subject I want to include is financial literacy. That is a huge part of ours. That is what our entire Friday afternoons are dedicated to. Yes. 100% yes on the financial literacy, y'all. Like your kids are not too young to understand how money works, how savings works, how investing works, um, how compound interest works. Please explain that to your kids because I'm teaching my kids to work smarter, not harder. I'm teaching them to look at a dollar as like an employee. The dollar should work for them in order for them to get what they would like. And I'm teaching them, how, you know, teach them about sales and bargaining and bartering, teach them how, you know, relationships, having good relationships with people can lead to you being, uh, you know, getting resources that you might not otherwise want to pay for. For example, we just got um, a solid wood table, kitchen table that is probably older than me, but in great condition, simply because a friend of mine was gifted a new table. So she saw, she was like, do you want this table? That's all it was. To buy a solid wood kitchen table nowadays, we're talking at least a thousand dollars, you know, that saves me money just from having good relationships with people and, and communicating. Teach your kids that because I don't want my kids to grow up thinking that they have to struggle hard 
to achieve what they want. I want them to grow up thinking that they need to just be smart about where they invest their time, money, and resources. In fact, that's one of the um, acronyms that we use is um, invest your time, T-I-M-E, wisely. And ooh, hang on one second. Ah, what happened? I hope you're enjoying this episode of Homeschool Help Desk Live. If you'd like to participate in a live show, you can follow me on TikTok at Cousin Tam and join the live every Monday through Thursday from 8.30 a.m. to 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. And now, back to the show. And it's not even, wasn't even giving me an error message, but hopefully, um, hopefully it will continue to record. Um, okay, let me just scroll back up. I know you guys were typing a little bit. Okay, your, your four-year-old learned a lot from the Kindle. Cool, cool. Good. Awesome. I'm glad that this is helpful. Thank you for that compliment. Your daughter loves realistic play money you brought for her. Good. Good. Yes, he should be responsible for tracking his money. Absolutely. How do I choose a curriculum? Homeschool parents always ask, oh, what curriculum do you use? <laughs> um, I don't use a curriculum either. Um, I know you just said I have never found a curriculum that I like. I don't either. I'm always piecing things together. I will use anything to teach my kids what I think is a valuable lesson, including people. I tell my I tell my friends and family this all the time. Like, if I know something about you, like not in a negative, like gossipy way, but like if I know that you have, for example, one of my cousins um, st has started businesses, I will use that experience to explain to my kids how money works or how you know starting a business works or you know having relate you know good relationships with people. Like I will use that to educate my kids. Like everything is fair game to teach my kids how to be good humans on this planet, you know? So um, it doesn't have to just be a curriculum. I do think the the what curriculum do you use is it's kind of becoming an antiquated question, kind of like the what about socialization question, because back then when homeschooling was not as when resources were not as you know available as they are, you did have one type of curriculum that had it all in one that you ordered through a catalog and got in the mail. That's not the case now. So um, I think it's it'll probably be one of those questions that kind of goes out the window. Not everyone that homeschool sticks to one type of thing. Although there are still some all-inclusive programs, like I think Classical Conversations is one, Abeka, all the big ones. Like, so some people do still use an all-in-one, but it's, I think more, more and more people are just identifying as eclectic and we use a bunch of stuff. <laughs> and that is okay. Uh, so that's me, I'm eclectic. I don't use just one thing. Everything is available to me. Life is the curriculum. <laughs> Okay, cool, cool. All right, you use Christian Light and you really like it. Good, good morning. Okay, what, I hope I'm not missing. Oh, the TIME acronym, thank you. Cause I was just like, I feel like I'm missing something. Thank you, okay. So, TIME acronym, sorry. So T-I-M-E, it's TIME, um, intelligence, money, emotions. And you need, I teach my kids to invest their time wisely. 
um, because whatever they are investing their time, the acronym, like, I wish I could do like the boop, 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 boop. So their time, their intelligence, their money, their emotions, whatever they're investing those things in, you want to be able to get a good return on that investment. You don't want to invest your time, for example, in um, a task that doesn't benefit you in some way. You don't want to invest your intelligence in to a task or into a person or into a, you know, whatever that isn't going to in some way pay dividends to you. You most certainly don't want to invest your money into a resource that isn't going to benefit you. Or if you are, you know, you have to know the risk going into it and be willing to take that risk of investing your money in something that's not going to pay dividends back to you. And certainly your emotions or even E could be energy. Like you don't want to invest your emotions or energy into a relationship that isn't going to benefit you in some way. So that's the acronym that we use in our family to kind of drill home that point that the choices you make should benefit you later on. So, sorry. Thank you for the reminder <laughs> who put that in the chat because I was off on a, another tangent answering another question. So, um, thank you for that. And that is what we say in our family. Invest your time, T-I-M-E, wisely. Um, doo -doo 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 -doo. You teach your kids about money-saving business, customer service, God, et cetera. Yes, all of that. <laughs> you asked what curriculum people use, but I went to public school. So yeah, understood. Exactly, because curriculum can box you and your child and be stressful. That's true. You, and then you feel pressure to like complete everything in the box. Um, Cause I've been there. It's like, we didn't finish. <laughs> so yeah, I think um, thinking outside the box, pun intended, is um, better, especially as you get older. Like when you're first starting out, and you need and want that structure, it's perfectly fine to choose something that's all inclusive that takes some of the stress off of you having to go out and do the sourcing of everything for yourself. But as you're comfortable and get into your rhythm, definitely explore outside of the box and and you know curate things in such a way that make it for make it um, more personal for your kid and more interesting for your kid. need to get you whatever the new age transparency is. <laughs> I know those big old clunky machines. I missed what periodic table you use. Can you repeat it or is it in your resources? Tina, it is in my Amazon storefront. I'll just go grab it real fast because I'm staring at it. <laughs> Whenever I look up through my, um, through my monitors, this is the one. Hopefully it's so, you know, it tells you the the info, but also like why it matters. Like, so, you know, we just had fireworks recently. We got to talk about this particular element being a part of it. And this is a placemat, by the way, like the back side of this is a placemat uh, texture. So this can just be something that just sits out. It doesn't have to be something that you necessarily like teach all the time. It can just be just part of home, you know, part of your classroom decor. Um, but I really do like that all the elements on here with the exception of the super heavy radioactive ones. Cause it, it even says down here, never found in nature, no uses except atomic research. So it tells you why there's no photos on these. Um, but everything, every other element, it tells you how it would be used in real life or you know why it would be used. So I do like that one. Um, 
sit it behind you so you can write and add stuff how you want on screen. <laughs> I did have it written on the chalkboard over here for a while, but I've erased it. I'll probably be putting it back soon. The best advice I received is you do not have to finish the book. It is true. That is a true statement. All right, cool. I think the podcast is back doing what it's what it's supposed to. It's not clicking off anymore. Okay, and we're all cut up in QA, so good. Well, then I like this. We can just kind of have a relaxing chat the last few minutes before 10. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I, I hope that, that this has been helpful. I mean, I enjoy these chats that we have together. Um, I will say... I think what was missing for me when I first started homeschooling was this community where it wasn't just, I mean, we had, there was YouTube, there were blogs, but what I think I would have really liked and appreciated was live QA to be able to ask that question, to hop on that, you know, someone's going to be on and available at a certain time, almost like office hours, like homeschool office hours, <laughs> or like I, like I have titled this, you know, homeschool help desk live to be able to, you know, faithfully log in at a particular time. If I'm struggling, you know, weeks or months down the road, I know that this is happening. I can jump in and ask a question. And even if, you know, I, I'm the host of this, but even if I don't know, there's other amazing people who have already been homeschooling, you know, that might have it, might have the answer as well, uh, or might have an answer and I don't, or like a, like the Rolodex that's in my profile. Like, I don't know everything, but check with this person because they probably do know. Um, Cause there's, <clears throat> there's some questions that I just have no experience with and I, I simply cannot answer. I've never been evaluated, for example, uh, because my state doesn't do evaluations, but I can point you in the direction of someone who is in a state that does annual evaluations. So um, that's, I, I, I love doing these, even if we're just chatting and it ends up turning to a conversation about Christmas trees as what happened when my mother was present. <laughs> I think that's fine too. Cause it's, you know, I just, I love this community. I love, I just, I'm so grateful that all of y'all are here. Thank you, Braving Nomi for that compliment. I appreciate that so very, very much. Seriously. Like I, Obviously, I don't get paid to do this, y'all. <laughs> like, even when people send a gift, like the little things that pop up on the screen, I don't get any of that money. Whatever TikTok does with it, I don't know. It doesn't come to me. Um, but I just, I just, I don't do it for money. I don't do it for anything other than I needed it then, and I feel like I still need it now. Um, the community of just being able to chat with you guys and know that. Y'all get it. <laughs> you understand. We speak the same language. We know that it's it's challenging. The emotions are just all over the place when you decide to homeschool. You know, because part of us, part of it is we don't want to be the reason our kids aren't successful because we're taking this bold step. It's almost like we are um, pioneers in a way of our family because usually a for some of us, obviously, we know that there's second and third generation homeschoolers um, as well. But for some of us, we're the first to try it. And we're getting a side eye from the family. We're getting negative comments from people on the internet who most of the time don't even have kids. And <laughs> it's, it's hard to do something different. And almost like just, you know, stand up for what you believe is best for your family 
in the face of so much like, you know, aggression and people wanting to come at you. So having this time with you guys, it's, 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 it's like safe space here. Come here, express yourself amongst like-minded individuals who know what you're doing or have been where you are or are in it with you. <laughs> and um, it's comforting. It's comforting uh, to me. So I will continue to be here. It doesn't matter to me if there's one person in the chat or 100 people in the chat. Like I will still show up because I really like it. <laughs> Christmas is the best, agreed. And so does my mother because she's also here. <laughs> Although if it were just me and my mom, I wouldn't be live. I would just be like, all right, mom, I'll FaceTime you. <laughs> as long as it's me, my mom, and someone else, we'll stay on. Because <laughs> my mother, for those of you who are new here, my mom um, is not, was not on board with me homeschooling at the beginning. Uh, when we started like eight, nine years ago. And when I told her that I was doing these lives and recording for a podcast, she, you know, downloaded the podcast and listened to it. She was like, oh, you know, good for you. Good for you. Um, you know how, how how mothers are. They're like, you know, good for you. You, you sound like you're enjoying it. But then when I, I created a TikTok for her so that she could experience the live, you know, with the chat, like log in. When I tell y'all that for me, watching her reaction, it was like the final, the final validation level. Like I finally had reached this level of like, she gets it now. She understands it. She's proud of it. She brags about it now. Like the whole homeschooling experience. Like, and it took her time, by the way, y'all, like to get to that level of acceptance. But I'll, I want to show you guys, I think. I think this was the first thing she got me that made me feel like she accepts me as a, as you know, she accepts my homeschool choices. She got me this little desk thing. I, I use it to keep my little cords in, but she got me this for, I think it was Christmas. And when I opened it, I remember feeling emotional, like, Oh my gosh, <laughs> finally, <laughs> like validation from, you know, my mom who, just, she just had her concerns like everybody else, right? Like nobody who, if, anytime you do something new, your parent is always gonna be like, are you sure, you know, you don't wanna just do the easy thing? <laughs> like, and um, when she walked in my shoes, cause I used to ask her to be like the substitute teacher and give her all the things that she needed. Then she realized like, oh, okay, you're not just letting them run amok. Like you're educating them. This is, this is, this is legit. Um, but it still felt like she just thought, well, that's just, that's just what Tam's doing. And then when she got me that gift, it was like, I got emotional, like, oh my gosh, she thinks I'm a real teacher. <laughs> and then, um, I think a, another year she got me this mug, which says best teacher ever. And mugs are like a love language for me, which I was like, all right, she's on board. But then when the lives and podcasts started happening, that's when she was like, over the moon about it. I'm like, you know, I was a whole person before this, right? Like <laughs> I, I had other accomplishments before this. It was like, no, this is the one that she's like, ah. 
So that was lovely. And I do hope that that helps to encourage some of you who might still be in that, in the thick of that with, with your family and friends who are not quite, they're not like actively resisting you, but they're not outright supporting you either. I do hope that that is, um, that my experience is just letting you know, like it, it happens. Sometimes they come around and even the ones that are more negative or, or more of a naysayer, they, they come around too. Like my husband's family um, is all educators and they did not ever say outright that it was a good choice until COVID. But by then I had been homeschooling for like five years. So <laughs> imagine five years of side eye. Um, so it's not always a quick turnaround for some people, but um, you know, usually it happens. So I hope that you hang in there and again, come to things like this or create a community for yourself to where you are supported, even if it's not, a, you know, physical in real life, even a virtual, virtual support can be helpful. So I do hope that my soapbox moment wasn't too long. <laughs> uh, my daughter turns five in November. I have no idea where to start homeschooling. Ooh, okay. So loud loudmouth wifey. <laughs> I would say first just start to see if you even have to do any paperwork because some states do say you have to start in, at five and some states like Georgia say six. So you might not have to do any paperwork yet. Um, so just double check that. I don't know if you feel comfortable or want to drop what state that you're in, but you can if you want and maybe we'll connect you with someone who's also in your state. But for five, you really don't need to be super strict. You just really want to drive home reading, writing, math, maybe not even writing so much. I would say reading and math and then just time for general exploration. Um, I would encourage you to invest in dry erase because I think that that is the best for that age because I wasted so much money on paper workbooks at that time. Um, little white clean books like this. This one says six and seven, but they make them for younger ages. Things like this would be very helpful to just refresh uh, certain skills. Like this include, this one includes reading and math. There's another one that I have somewhere else that was for pre-K and it was for kindergarten. Um, just if you wanted to have like a workbook type of thing. Um, but you can definitely keep it very casual. At five, I would encourage you to spend a lot more time reading than anything else because that reading, everything else is built on reading. Because once, once your kid can read, they can teach themselves things. So if there was one thing that I would say, focus on this, it's reading. And then, like I said, you can throw in math um, in real life examples. Don't just like, I would not do this, like minute math. I wouldn't do that with a five-year-old. I would say um make it real make it matter you know explain why it matters um that would be my that would be my um advice for five and then you could also incorporate games too games if you um have a tablet or ipad there's lots of apps too that you can download that also encourage learning math and reading through games <laughs> you said dry race would have saved me so much if i realized it sooner exactly all right, see you. You said time to grocery shop. See you later.
Do you have, do you have any experience in child with disabilities? So Liz, I do not. However, um, if you go to the, uh, Rolodex that's in the, if you click on the link in my profile, um, the second one says homeschool help desk Rolodex. If you click on that, there is a list of homeschoolers on TikTok um, who have graciously agreed to answer any questions that you may have. Um, and in the descriptions of some of the some of their uh, of some of the lines, it will tell you if they if they wanted me to include it. If their kid has a certain like disability, like ADHD, dyslexia, autism, um, and you can reach out to those uh, parents and ask a question and they know you're coming because the the only condition of being on this list is being willing to answer questions. So it's totally fine if you just like reach out to them randomly, um, leave a comment on one of their videos or um, something to that effect and just say, hey, I have a question about this um, because I know like, you know, disability covers a broad range of things. Um, so like I said, reading through that list, I think would be helpful. And then like I said, just reach out I've, I've kind of done the intro work for you a little bit by just saying, hey, if you want to be on this list, you're open to answering questions because they all know I do these lives. Um, and they have all said, yep, I'm willing to be on the list. Sign me up. And they, you know, so that's what I would suggest. I don't have personal experience, though. Oh, hey. <laughs> 100 car pileup said, you know, she's. She has experience. Wait a second. Did you change your username? Because your photo looks so familiar. Hold on a second. You're on, you are also, aren't you also neurodivergent homeschooler? Neurodivergent homeschool? Willow, is that you? Did you have a different profile, a name change? You look so familiar. If that's you, if I'm wrong, tell me I'm wrong. <laughs> Um, but your profile picture reminds me so much of this homeschooler. Am I tripping? Oh, wait, did you have a name change? Because now I click on it and said this, this account can't be found. Do I need to update the info on this list? Just tell me if I'm wrong. If you're not willing, just call me out and be like, that's not me. <laughs> I'm like, wait a second, I've seen that picture. Now I'm just going to wait. I hope I, I need to know. <laughs> uh, I, I need to know. <laughs> okay, good. I'm glad Liz. Yeah. Um, and that, that's the whole reason that that Rolodex exists is because I don't have all the answers, but I, I don't want to leave anybody hanging. So at least I can, if I can't help you personally, I can just be like, Hey, check this out. And you know, reach out to this person. So I hope that that helps. I hope y'all enjoyed that episode of the Homeschool Help Desk Live. Remember that I am on TikTok, Instagram, Pinterest, and YouTube at Cousin Tam. And I'll see you guys in the next episode. Bye-bye.